Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. I'm Dan Carson. I've got with me Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. It's good to be back. And it is good to be back. I know that recently we had our state meeting for the BMA of Arkansas. I wasn't able to be there. I know that you were able to be there and spend some time with some folks around the state. Um, those are good meetings, uh, mainly because we have a chance to see people that we know, that we love, that we have relationship with, that we want to kind of reconnect with. And that's a huge thing. And it's an important thing for us to do in student ministry is to have those type of relationships. You know, I think about the relationship we have with Central Baptist College. It is the place where we have our annual meeting, but it's also the place that hosts our annual student ministry workers retreat and just some great folks there. There are podcast partners and they are a place that you need to send your students to have them check out the educational opportunities there as they're considering what's next in their education. What's that going to look like for them and whether they're looking into a lifetime of ministry or whether they want to be a teacher or any sort of number of things. They're just uh, a the growth of the college has just been fantastic over these last 20 and 30 years. And so have your students check out cbc.edu. It's a great way for them to find out about the college. And if you're looking to finish up a degree, maybe you started one, but you didn't quite finish. They have a PACE program that's designed for you. So I'd encourage you to check all those things out at cbc.edu. Well, as we record this, we're about mid-November. It's a time when we spend thinking ahead. The next month and a half is usually pretty busy. It's full of holiday things. Uh, And I don't say holidays just because I'm afraid to say Christmas. I'm saying holidays because it encompasses a lot. Um, You know, we've got Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, even New Year's. Uh, All of those things kind of get lumped together for those of us in ministry. And so the holiday season can be kind of a big, heavy thing that we're looking at. The one that's coming up, though, pretty soon, just a couple of weeks out, is Thanksgiving. So i got to ask, Chris, what are your favorite Thanksgiving foods? What are you looking forward to? I don't know if it's Sydney that makes that or maybe a mom or your mother-in-law. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm uh, I'm all I'm all about the comfort foods, you know. So give me give me some some turkey dressing, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, give me some of those sweet potato casseroles with the little you know uh, marshmallows on top. Those kind of things, you know. Some some green bean clumps wrapped in bacon, uh, mashed potatoes, you know. All those all those all those good things, you know. Um, uh, turkey, of course. Uh, that way you can have a good nap with that tryptophan or whatever they call it, <laughs> with, you know, afterwards. But uh, yeah, man. Hey, how about how about you? And then I got a, I got another question for you before we jump into okay. our content today. Well, you know, it's 
the holidays are all about the carbs. I mean, really, you got to have mashed potatoes. You got to have corn. You've got to have your dressing. And you, of course, want the turkey. And whether you eat it then or then you, like later in the day, have a turkey sandwich. And then three days later, you have more turkey sandwiches because my mom makes a bunch <laughs> of turkey. Oh, yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. pies. My wife makes a great apple pie. And oh, that's man. already on my list. I'm like, yes. So, yeah, that's especially for Thanksgiving. There's some other fun stuff that for Christmas and and New Year's that I love to have. Uh, but man, yeah, just those basics that we everybody thinks of as, as Thanksgiving food is what I'm looking forward to. That's, good. That's right. All right. So my question to you is: Are you a uh, are you a person who's got your Christmas tree up already? You listen to Christmas music. Like, what's going on in the background right now? Well, n- no, um, I am not. I am, as you referred to it in our last episode, I am not a pre-Turk. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love that. And so um, usually we put up our, our tree Thanksgiving weekend. I really kind of dive into to Christmas as Thanksgiving goes. But I have no problem with those that do. I mean, you think about it. Once you get Halloween out of the way, um, it can be Christmas all the time. Um, I just don't want to wear myself out with the music. And I love Christmas music. I'm not one of these guys that say, I get sick of it. I just, it's maybe because I pace myself towards it. Um, When I was serving as a worship pastor, I'd be thinking about Christmas in July. And it was a little exhausting because by the time November got there, I was was kind of tired. I I don't want to say I was done with Christmas, but... I had been singing songs, Christmas carols, all of those things leading up to it during that time. So, no, I'm not a pre-Turk. I, I like putting up my tree right afterwards. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, no, no shame there, man. No shame whatsoever. We are um, talking again about the holidays and how that interacts and connects with our student ministries. Because there's a lot of things that go on, uh, really, from Thanksgiving all the way through New Year. You've got time with your students. They have extra time off from school. And so they may be away with family members and you may not get to see them around certain points. But in other cases, you're spending extra time with them. Maybe you're having um, activities. Maybe you're having a Christmas party, um, just all sorts of things. And we wanted to talk about uh, that idea of holiday programming and what that looks like in our churches, and then really some principles to go by so that we make sure that we're programming with purpose. Um, as we do student ministry, we need to be intentional, whether it's the holidays or whether it's our our summertime studies or whatever we're doing. We want to make sure that we are being intentional in that process and so that our students are getting the the best experience. Now we're not I'm not talking about making sure they have you know the the bells and whistles and all that, but that they have a biblical experience in our churches because we want them to know the Bible. At the end of the day, we want them to know Jesus, we want to know, them to know his word, um, and that's what it's all about. And so Chris, what is let's say Thanksgiving through Christmas, what does that look like around Garrett Memorial in your student ministry? Is there any specific things that you guys do? Yeah, good question. You know, I think uh, I think as we embark on this conversation, it's 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 just in, you know on my mind that every church has their own culture about them, right? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, every church has their own. I mean, with that culture come certain traditions, certain things that just the church has always done years after years, you know, that kind of thing. 
Um, I think it'll be cool in just a minute maybe to talk about what are some of the most unique uh, programs or Christmas events that we've seen churches do, you know, just oh, yeah. because it's part of their culture. Uh, but for us and our culture at, at, at GMBC and Hope, man, we, we, we don't do a big Christmas program. We, we don't have a choir. Um, and so we don't, we don't have all of those things going. But in, in recent years, what we have begun to do is uh, what we call a community sing-along. <laughs> so uh, in Hope, um, there is what's called the Clips Auditorium. Um, if you're familiar at all with with clips, uh, clips, clips, I don't know how you say that. It's weird, but it's a certain I mean, it's a very good brand of, of speaker speakers. Right? And, yeah. Yeah. And so um, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not in the know of that kind of stuff. I didn't know this before I moved to Hope. And so anyway, um, Paul Clips is, I believe, the 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 originator, the uh, the owner um, who no longer alive, but. Anyway, there's an auditorium dedicated to him, and of course, it's it's just kind of in the middle of of downtown. It's it's kind of iconic and just nostalgic and that kind of thing. And so, a couple of years ago, before COVID, we started what we call this community sing along, where basically we we rent out that auditorium and we just we just invite the community to come one night. Uh, we try to work it around the time where there's the Christmas tree lighting of downtown, and people can come over and and it's just kind of a big community caroling you know in one building you know we're just yeah so our our team our music our musicians there and others from the community we partner with them we just we just have a big uh a big shindig so to speak where we're singing christmas carols and and uh really just glorifying jesus uh with our voices uh together that night so that's something that we've we've started doing and um it's not really a program but it's just one of those things that we we that's becoming part of our culture Sure. Uh, and that is, I love hearing about that because it, it's got community involvement. It is reaching out, you know, just all sorts of, of really cool things. Um, wow. That's, that's good. What, what about with um, Thanksgiving? Let's, let's take yeah. a step back. Thanksgiving. Right, yeah. you, does yeah, your you church, have, <laughs> does your church have a Thanksgiving meal? Um, what does yeah. that look like? Yeah. You know, we, we typically do a potluck. You know, that's okay. That's I mean, that's it. We don't do anything more than that. We do a potluck. We we have uh, if if you or anybody else out there listening is familiar with the ministry called uh, the Call. You know, an organization that partners with churches uh, for fostering kids without homes. Right. Um, and and you know, so I, I don't know if you would consider the Call an adoption agency, um, but they act as that um, and in many ways. But anyway, the Call uh, is is uh is in Hempstead county where we're located as well and uh, so we we each each year um at this time we have a special night where we just and we just serve them we just bless them with with food give thanks you know to them and for them um and just kind of make it a special night so actually that's coming up for us this sunday uh this sunday night and then the following sunday night uh the one right before thanksgiving is when we just do our church potluck you know, one of when I was at Temple Baptist in in Rogers, I just absolutely loved our our big Thanksgiving meal. It was a, usually the Tuesday night before Thanksgiving, and our church would gather together in the Fellowship Hall. We'd be packed in there, 
Um, and we would all eat and everybody would bring their food. But then as we'd finish up eating, we would start with a, a basically an open mic time <laughs> and we would, I would it's walk dangerous. around. Yeah, it is dangerous, especially with children involved, but it was such a sweet time. Uh, because we'd walk around and with a mic and people would share what they're thankful for. And yeah. it was just as always, it, it was, you know, there's a, a, the possibility of stuff like that turning into any sort of bragging or it can go off the rails pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. But with the attitude that our people entered into with that, it was just so fantastic. And that, that was usually kind of how everything would kick off, you know, for the holiday season. That's cool. Although up there, I was also the worship pastor. So uh, weeks before that, usually September, October, we had started um, working on our Christmas program and we would have the, the traditional, the choir, and then we would include any of our students who wanted to. So if they were seventh grade and up, they would be allowed to be involved in that. Mm-hmm. And we'd have different ones over the years, but I just, you know, I love that here at Calvary, we do it a little bit different. Um, we don't have a Thanksgiving meal and we don't have a Christmas meal. We have a holiday meal. Again, that idea is, well, this, we just wedge it in between. I think this year is going to be on December 12th. And so we'll meet together in our family life center. We'll eat together, just spend some time together. And I missed so much of that yeah. uh, this past year, as yeah. many of our listeners did. You know, that yeah. things were had to be canceled. They weren't there. Um, previously, we had gone Christmas caroling. Uh, we had taken groups out and yeah. just hit homes. And, and now more than ever, our people need that sort of encouragement. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's all these activities. Um, I know some churches, one of the churches I was at, a church member would always have this great New Year's party that would usually go till, you know, it would right after midnight, but there would be games. And I mean, it got so big that he had to move it out of his house to back up to the church because there were just too many people there. And yeah. it, was, it was fun to, to yeah. be a part of. But yeah. let me ask uh, kind of a follow-up question. We've talked about activities and things that, that you might be doing. And I assume you probably have some sort of youth group uh, Christmas party. Yeah, we normally have a Christmas party next week, uh, which is, you know, like right now as we're recording this, it is November 11th. And so next Wednesday night is actually our, our last Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. And so we'll have a special time. Uh, in fact, I, I went on download youth ministry several weeks ago just kind of planning the semester. And I saw something called Fiesta Olympics and and it's like basically Taco Bell based, you know, fun night (laughs) kind of thing. And I was like, you know what, that would go well with the, uh, the whole Thanksgiving thing. Uh, We'll just, we'll just eat Taco Bell. So next Wednesday night is going to be Fiesta Olympics, uh, Taco Bell style. uh, And that's just going to be our Thanksgiving meal. Uh, But then, yeah, uh, mid, mid December, we'll also have a, a Christmas party. And it's always just a fun time. We do the big saran wrap ball with all the stuff in it and, you know, different games and just have a big time. Yeah. So let me ask though, what is, how does the holidays, how do they impact your teaching schedule? I think that might be a useful thing for us to look at. Yeah, That's a good question. Um, I'm interested to hear, you know, you answer that as well, but like, for, for me, I, I've done it both ways. I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've taken a break. Like normally in a school year, I'm trying to go through at least one book of the Bible, maybe two, depending on what right. I'm doing. Like, uh, so currently we're, we're going through first Timothy. And, um, and so 
in the in years past, I have I've taken a break and then I've done like a, a short three week series kind of leading up to Christmas. Um, and, and then other, other years I've, I've not done that. So like, this is a year where I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'll, we'll just go through first Timothy, um, together and, uh, and there may be a one-off sermon, you know, for, for the holidays, for Christmas, but, um, but I haven't planned that this year. So I wouldn't say that there's any kind of real steady constant, like we're always going to be doing an Advent series, um, right. That's just not been part of what we what we've done, but we have done that in the past, and so I, I think there's benefit both ways. I think there's good, you know, plotting forward, uh, but I think there's also benefit of hey, let's stop and let's consider what this season's all about. You know, uh, well, in in my pattern has been very similar to yours. There are years that we have just kind of marched on, um, and there are times where we take a break, and the same holds true with our our Sunday morning services and. Um, there are times where we've marched on. There are times where we've taken a definite break because the Bible really doesn't talk about celebrating Jesus' birth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it makes mention of it, and you can make a case for it there, but it doesn't necessarily say, hey, we need to set aside a time to, to celebrate Jesus, uh, Jesus coming to the world that way. And so my question is, let's, let's look at that real briefly, the, the benefits and the 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 bad <laughs> of, yeah, yeah. of of why to let's let's say you want to just keep marching on with the the study you've been working through what yeah. what's the value there yeah I think the value is is to know that what we've been doing and I'm talking off the top of my head right here Dan sure, sure what we've been you know as a youth group what we've been doing uh, for us like in First Timothy this whole semester is important enough to continue doing even through the Christmas season. That, right. that anywhere there's there's emphasis on on the word of God mm, and yeah. that this this book doesn't necessarily First Timothy doesn't go out of season whenever December hits. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we don't have to we don't have to change our our methods and uh, or not even our methods. We don't have to change our message um, if we're if we're actually preaching the word like we should. We don't have to change our message as often as Walmart changes their, you know, uh their items on the shelf for the seasons. And, and so I, I think that's one reason why I would say it's, you know, it's good just to plod forward. Like remember that all of God's word is profitable for, uh, for teaching and for correcting for reproof. And so uh, that's one thing I would say, but then, but then I would say on the flip side of that, uh, that there's benefit in, in, in stopping and, and spending a week or two um, or, you know, or three leading up to Christmas you know, focusing in on um, the just the season that we're in. You know, why, why, and thinking through like, why do we see? For for me, when I think about teenagers, I'm, I'm you know, we we know we, we see the same things that they do. You know, right, I, I mentioned right. Walmart. We all walk into Walmart. We all see the things on the shelf. We see the yeah. we see the consumerism. We we watch the commercials and, and and we we get all of that. And so I think it's good at times to stop and just take a uh, a look at the culture around us and, and then find biblical perspective of where we are. So I, I'd say that, you know, there's, it, it's not, it's not right to do one thing and wrong to do the other. I, I think it's, it's good to do both. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And I think you're, you're dead on with this idea of uh, understanding the culture better 
I mean, this is what our students are dealing with. If they're in public school uh, or if they're just walking into Walmart, they're being hit over the head with what the world views as Christmas and a Christmas celebration. And so it's important that we give them a biblical perspective. And so that doesn't always fit right into our our pre-planned schedule of how we're handling the books of the Bible. And so, yeah, yeah. I've, I've done that before. I've, I've taken, uh, I've looked at different characters in the Christmas story. Um, just, you know, just looked at it different ways so that they yeah. could better yeah. understand that. Well, and I'd say one thing, you know, just, this is for where I am currently right now. Like one of the reasons why I'm going to stick with first Timothy is I will, in my preaching to the students, I will begin to use, holiday uh jargon and uh and mm. even holiday illustrations in in my preaching uh, and so that's one of the ways that i'll address the culture and the things that are going on in the moment right um, even within first timothy and like so first timothy there's there's i mean paul is is giving timothy the task of of correcting false teaching that is going on in in ephesus well is there any is there any way that right now as a preacher to my students I can talk about the false teaching going on around us when Perfect. it comes to yeah. when it yeah. comes to Christmas and it, when it comes to this season and, and I think it's it's pretty apparent that yeah there's a lot of ways there's a lot of avenues that I could I could probably take and so that's I would say that as I'm plotting through the the norm um, I'm not ignoring the the season that we're in I, I'm I'm bringing that into the conversation. Um, with within my application and within my illustrations of the text. Mm, that's good. Well, th- what I want us to look at for just a few moments is uh, some, some concepts for programming with purpose. And, you know, as you look at these different activities that maybe your church has already has established and that you've been, you've come into, this is something that they've had for a hundred years and you're not going to be changing it anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine if I'd gone into Temple Church and said, you know, the youth, we're just not going to be involved in that Tuesday Thanksgiving meal. We want to do our own thing. I probably would have been run out of the church. I mean, they're just things that people love, the students love. And while we might think, well, that might be better for this or that, no, you can't do that. One of the things that uh, my pastor there for a long time, um, Ron Fields, who was there before the current pastor, he, he would, they had instituted birthday gifts for Jesus. And so the Sunday school hour on the Sunday before Christmas, we would have birthday gifts for Jesus. And it could be any number of things. It could be a, a gift of a song or a reading, or it could be something um, like a financial gift towards a specific ministry, or it could be, um, I think one person brought a a vacuum or a floor cleaner of some type. I mean, it, all sorts of things. And they would end up on our, our altar area. And it was, it was a neat time, but it was something different. So any of wow. these things though, that are unusual and may feel unusual to the outside, those people of that church have had there for, for a while and they don't want to get rid of it. But I still think these type of questions are good for us to evaluate. And then we can have conversations with our pastors, yeah. um, with that lead guy saying, Really? Maybe this needs to change. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, and Dan, let's not ignore the the elephant that is potentially in the room for some of our listeners. That some of them who may have been hired just this year, maybe at their church, maybe they've just come onto a new church. Oh, and yeah. They've been there. And they they came on in in February or March or something like that, 
And they're just now realizing that they're responsible for this program. That's <laughs> that, true. That, you know, so like not only have they inherited a church that is doing this, but they are now responsible for, for leading it and directing it. And, and maybe that has, you know, I don't know if, if anybody out there has, has that type of situation, but I think it's possible. And, um, and so I think just to reiterate what we're talking about here is thinking about the why uh, and the purpose yeah. behind it, but also just to, Hey guys, if that is you and you're listening, um, and, and, and you're facing a little bit of frustration or just stress because of it. Um, I'm not going to just simply say, don't worry about it, but I will say this, that, Hey, listen, don't worry about it. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus says, don't be anxious about anything. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and, but I know that the, I know that the potential here, the temptation is to be anxious about this, to have anxiety over this and to even be frustrated at the fact that now you have to maybe lead this and you're not really sure what that means. And so I, I just think that's a, that's a real pressure point for some. It is. You know, it is. Uh, and, and so I think that's, that's why this conversation is maybe helpful. Well, as, as we look at programming um, during the holidays with whatever the event is, and whether you are analyzing it after the fact um, because it, there's no changing it this first time through or whatever that looks like, we want to ask ourselves uh, uh, some, some good questions. And the first is, why are we doing this? Uh, we should always be asking that why. You know, why are we having this party? Or even in our Christmas parties, there may be things that the kids have loved to do and maybe they were doing before you came. But if you ask the question why, you may find that uh, maybe that's something that we need to pull back from because it's just important to ask the why. The second is, who is this for? And, And Chris, what... As we talked about this before the podcast started, what what did you have in mind there? Who is this for? Yeah, so the preacher in me wants to use two E's, you know, okay, in there question you go. form. <laughs> um, as to the question of why is this is this entertaining or is this evangelistic? Oh, okay, and, there you and go. it's not it's not, to, back, yeah. it's not to say that to be evangelistic it can't be entertaining, but what I mean by those two distinctions is the question of Okay, is this program that that the church is doing is it solely for the entertainment of the church? You know, so like maybe it's a kids program and they're going to be doing a kids choir and they're going to be singing and they're going to be doing the whole, you know, um, you know, Jesus narrative, the birth of Jesus narrative and, and they're going to play that out, all that kind of thing. Is is that is it just simply for the entertainment of the church? If that's if that's the reason, there's nothing wrong with that. There that's right. fine. You know, that, that's, that's okay. But just know that going in, or is it evangelistic? So in other words, is this something that you're trying to do for the community? Is this something you're trying to do for others who are outside of the church so that, so that they might um, know who Christ is and put their faith in him, repent of their sin and put their faith in him. So I, I just think it's important to think about those two things as far as the why is it entertaining or is it evangelistic? Yeah. And that ties right in to who is it for? I mean, are you doing it for your church? Or are you doing it for your community? And as Chris said, there's there's nothing wrong with doing something for your church um, and for the people there. Um, but it's important for us to know why and who the audience is and just to really be able to evaluate that. Because if we don't have that good purpose, then it's just a thing that we do. And we want to be purposeful. If we want to reach our, our communities uh, for Christ, we have to be purposeful. 
um, and just defining some of those things are important. So, That's right. That's right. Um, you know, there are a lot of benefits to, to those traditional programs, those traditional activities that the churches are doing. And, and so I think that's important for us to realize there are a number of benefits in that process. One of them is simply that the church is used to doing those things. Um, they, that's been their rhythm. That's been their tradition. And so they have an opportunity to kind of lean into that in a way that if you're new to the situation, you may not know the best way to, to start. And so you can kind of look at that and go forward. What are some other benefits that we could uh, say that those traditional programs might offer, Chris? Yeah, you know, I think I think that's a great question because it does get to the point of of the why, you know, um, why are, why are we doing this? And and so we we weigh the pros and the cons, so to speak. And, and in this case, the pro, one of the big pros, I believe, is it gives not just teenagers, because right now we're talking about all programming, right? So, like right. some churches have the whole the whole choir, uh, the whole choir, you know. Uh, loft, you know, field, and, and they're doing that kind of program. I know there's one church that used to do the the living Christmas tree, yeah, you know, or yeah. the singing Christmas tree. I'm sure that's that's not just you know remote to one church. Uh, so all those kind of things. I, I think one of the the big uh, benefits of this is it gives people, whether it be a teenager, a young child, or or an adult, the the opportunity to express the gifts that they've been given by the Holy Spirit. And, and not only to express them, but for, for the younger ones and, and, and maybe even for the adults as well, but to begin working out what that gift may be. Because I, I, I really believe like First Peter 4.10 says that as each has received a gift, use it uh, for the building up of the body, right? And, and so the gifts that we've been given by the Holy Spirit are, are meant to be used for the, um, the building up of the local church. It's meant to be expressed. And that's not to say that they can't be beneficial for the community and for others around right, us, but the right. primary purpose is for is for the building up of the, the body of believers for the church. And and so knowing that, that means that the the church can become this affirming agent, if you will, yeah. for those um, who are working out their gifts. Well, when we do Christmas programs or anything for that matter like that, what we do is we create opportunity for individuals to begin to express what their gift might be. So it could be singing and it could be, I mean, you may say, well, the singing is not a gift of the Holy spirit. No, I, I, I know that. But what I'm saying is the, the, the expression of serving the church in that way, you know, is, is a way that we can express that. Um, it, it may be like for, for some, like, uh, it, for a teenager, it might be given that, that one teenager, the, the role of, Hey, I want you to, at the end of the program, give a five minute devotional, just share the gospel, you know, because you see something as a leader in that particular teenager saying, you know what, I think he's been gifted to teach. Um, and mm. so I'm going to give him a small role in this, in this setting to, to just teach the gospel, you know, in five minutes. And, and, and it's those little things. It's those things that I, I believe, um, again, affirm within other individuals, what their gift is, um, and, and it, it, it just, again, it builds up the church. It builds yeah. up the body of believers and it glorifies God. I think about a young man named Joey that's in, in my church and he has started serving through, um, running our pro presenter for our worship yeah. services. Yeah. And so you've got a kid who 
who loves to serve, who probably wouldn't get up on stage, but he's able to to live out and to work out that gifting of the spirit. And so it's it's a very very cool thing. And and again, some traditional programs or some even non traditional uh, allow you those opportunities for your students as well as the church as a whole. Yeah, um, it, it could just be very beneficial. Absolutely. You know, and the other thing, Dan, that you know, again, it may be. Like the back to those two E's, the purpose may be just to entertain the church, right? It, it gives an opportunity for for kids or anybody else to to express those gifts, and it's it's for the fun, right? There's nothing wrong right. with that word within the church. It's for, for the fun and enjoyment of the church, right? I think that's a good, but a, a fringe benefit, if you want to say it that way, is yeah. oftentimes whenever you've got kids in a program or or something like that, that brings in family members to the church to yeah. see them. That that maybe would not have come into those that that building otherwise, and and so there there is even in the entertainment side of things there is an evangelistic opportunity uh, if we want to take it. There is, there is. Well, holiday programming can be it can be a lot of fun. It can be also full of frustration um, if it's something that has been shoved in your hands and you don't necessarily <laughs> want to do. Uh, but I think by looking at whether it is for um, evangelism or the entertainment of the church. Either way you look at it, there's there's some value. Um, one of the things that we often want to look at, though, is is what could that look like in the way of outreach and evangelism, even church growth opportunities? I think that's important for the church as a whole because we want our churches to be growing. We want to to reach our communities for Christ. And so, you know, what are some ways that we could do that? What do you think, Chris? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think... Find ways. We've talked about this a little bit in the past. Yeah. F- figure out where your community is already doing something. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I, I don't know what I, I could sit here and speculate um, about what that is, but I, I know, like for us, we have a a downtown Christmas tree lighting. Um, there's the the whole. We have a Christmas uh, parade, you know, and it, it all kind of flows together. And, and and so when we think about our sing along, we we try to. We try to think about those things. So I, I would mm-hmm. just I would give the advice of figure out where where your city, where your community is, is already doing something, and and see if there's a way that you can easily be involved. That that may not mean that you take center stage. It may not mean that you you know run the show, but it may mean that you can take part in it somehow. And so I, I just I think that's important uh, as far as reaching out, being a part of the community. Yeah. And then I would also I would also just say think about not only where people are physically but but where they are emotionally right now as well. As we think about that, it doesn't take us too long to come to the conclusion that for some people, man, this is a really joyful time. This is yeah. a really joyful time. Yeah. They they love Christmas, but for others, man, this is a really this is going to be a really hard time, really hard season. And yeah. so there's there's a wide range of emotions that come with this time of year in particular, I know within our church, this is going to be a hard year for several of our families who have lost loved ones. That hurts me. That makes me grieve. Um, but at the same time, we know that this is a, a joyful time of year as well. And and so there's just a wide range of emotions. And so I, I would, I would say, don't just think about where people are physically within your community, but think about where they are emotionally as well. The one other thing I might add, but both of those are great is that we look at our community and to see an area that might be lacking. Yeah, you know, that's good. Be able to step into a place of, of love or care 
Well, I, I've watched um, Mark Clifton, who's the, the host of Revitalized Replant with uh, Tom Rayner. Mm-hmm. He's doing a work there in Linwood, Kansas with a okay. small little church. And he's just looked at, looked at that small little community and said, okay, what are we missing? And what, and he's, he's provided that a couple of times yeah. so far at Christmas. And I think that's important. That um, you, yes, you, ha- maybe your community has something and you can step into that and join people with it, but also remember that there is maybe gaps or holes, something that used to be, but no longer exists, but, but can be really valuable, especially during a time when yeah. people are hurting emotionally and even physically. Yeah. So, I, And with that, I think it's important just to say, you know, I, I, I love that thought, like what's missing. Yeah. Um, and, and like when I think about what's going on in our community, I think about like that Christmas parade and all that kind of stuff. Like I know the demographic of, of Hope, Arkansas. Like I, I know roughly what the percentage, the ethnicities are. Right, right? right. And so when you go to something like that in your community, pay attention to who's not there. Oh, yeah. Right. That's good. Um, That's good. And, and and that may that may lead to uh, an evangelistic, you know, thought or opportunity for you as a church. Well, I just want to encourage you listeners that maybe you're not going to have the the time. We're talking the middle of November to the end of the year to plan something new. Uh, but we <laughs> want to encourage you while you're stepping into those things that are already there and to be thinking even a year out thinking, OK, how can we impact our community? Uh, one of the cool things that I had heard at one point was get the web address like Christmas in Hope or Christmas in Fayetteville. You know, get that domain name and then you can that can serve as a platform. So there are all sorts of ways that you can navigate, reach out and love on your community. But as we work with students, we want to make sure that it's purposeful. Uh, we want to help them learn in this process. We want to stay biblical. We want to stay focused on the real reason for the season. We want to stay focused on Jesus. Again, thank you for being with us today as we've continued the conversation about student ministry. We'll be praying for you as you head into this holiday season. Uh, pray for us as we seek to, to just share more. And we'll do these things together because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.